This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, good morning, everybody. Today is just a normal, absolutely wonderful day. Today we get to visit with Irina Slav. She is an authoress in uh, Bulgaria, and she writes for uh, publications like Oil Price, but she also has her own Substack. And uh, if you're not subscribed to her Substack, you need to, or you're missing out. So welcome. Good morning, Irina. Good morning, Stu. It's great to see you again. Now, it's two o'clock in the afternoon up there in Bulgaria, isn't it? Yeah. And so do you like your new, I see your books have filled in and it looks like you have a beautiful eagle or something. So that's my daughter's art. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. So you are moving in, you've moved into your farm and everything's doing great. So far, so good. Yeah. There's a lot of work to do yet, but obviously we're trying to, you know, uh, work the land. So this is a lot of work, but that's okay. I don't know how you write so much and work the land. I'm, I'm just not, uh, I'm just honored that you get to <laughs> talk to me. But for my listeners and things, they know you and they know that we've had discussions on this and the hypocrisy that's going on in the world right now. You have fun when you talk about the hypocrisy and some of your current articles that are on Substack. We talk about the hypocrisy in the pipeline in Africa when they say we can't build the pipeline because it's going to have too much emissions as it comes through, but yet it's going to help the poverty and elevate more people out of poverty and help the world supply. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, what you see, what you perceive is, uh, as fun is actually a very deep frustration with uh, how the, the world is uh, being operated these days. But yes, uh, when it comes to Africa, there's a great deal of hypocrisy. And it's not just ESG hypocrisy, it's uh, total energy hypocrisy. Because um, uh, about this pipeline from uh, Uganda to uh, Tanzania to, to the coast, uh, basically funding for this pipeline was discouraged. Mm -hmm. uh, several hundred organizations, uh, NGOs, uh, wrote an open letter uh, calling for uh, financial institutions to not uh, finance uh, this pipeline. But it's not just this pipeline. It's also natural gas. Basically, uh, the developed world was trying to tell Africa, you're already low emitters. Keep it that way. Try to go straight to renewables. Wow. Which is not possible because Africa, most African countries are trying to industrialize. They're trying to become developed countries. And developed countries became developed thanks to fossil fuels. Nobody right. started off with renewables. And now seeing how renewables are going, even in the countries with the most wind and solar installations, right. suggests that these uh, forms of energy are not sufficient to sustain a developed economy. Just look at the gas crisis in Europe. So now uh, 
the G7 went back on a commitment to stop all investments in uh, third countries, right. also including African countries, uh, for fossil fuel pro- projects. Now, suddenly, not just the G7, but Europe uh, as a whole, is very interested uh, in African natural gas specifically. Yeah. And uh, even one of my favorite people in the whole wide, uh, world, uh, the International Energy Agency's Fatih Birol, said that it's fine if African countries develop their natural gas reserves. But he also noted that they should develop these reserves uh, while the going is good, while there's still demand for gas. You know, basically welcome European investors yeah. and uh, make the lives easier while you can because they won't uh, want uh, natural gas forever, which is the uh, crap, of course. Uh, Europe will be needing natural gas for, for years and years to come. Right. So, yeah, they're going back on these uh, moral commitments to a cleaner future and how Africa should become reliant on wind and solar, which is impossible by now. I ask a stupid question, which is normal for me. But when you said that <laughs> ago, we learned a lot from what's happened in Germany by trying to make the transition to you know, uh, renewables before the technology is ready and the kilowatt per hour to the consumer goes through the roof. Why are we trying to impose that on Africa when they need just basic electricity, but we could take that learning, what we've learned in how to produce oil and gas with least amount of impact to the environment. Yes, that's something we have learned already is. And let's take all of our knowledge and give them all mm. of our knowledge. I don't understand that. Well, because uh, as McKinsey said recently in a recent report, uh, the energy transition is not uh, just uh, a moral statement uh, anymore. Uh, you know, it's good business. There is apparently a lot of uh, money to be made in uh, wind and solar, but not in Africa because there aren't enough paying customers there. Although some forms of renewable energy, for example, microgrids, small solar installations, seem to be working on a very small and limited scale. Right. And that makes sense. And that's what they're... Yes, it makes sense. And I think that renewables need to be used in exactly that same kind of a thing. But you bring up a great point also with the hypocrisy. Look at the U.S. government passing that gigantic, stupid bill. You know, it's all about renewable. I mean, it's all about. Do you think we learned anything from all of this problem? It seems like we've there's the fire. We poured gasoline on it, and now we're jumping. That's in. exactly what, what what your legislators seem to be doing. Yeah, it's uh, it's really mind boggling when you you have the the data from Europe. You can see that. Wind is not performing consistently. Solar is not performing consistently. And they cannot perform consistently because they're not consistent sources of energy. No. Uh, And yet they went ahead and passed this bill and well my my commiserations uh it's it's horrible for the u.s but uh when we take a look at um why i i don't like the attitude of the world trying to tell africa when you take a look at china and these other ones that are dropping in and they're funding these projects and then it's like uh having the the mafia they own you 
And when they they put in these energy projects, it's like that's not a very good thing to owe China or owe Russia things because they will call that favor in someday. Yeah, but it is the same with the West. We do the same thing, yes. Exactly. I'm not. I'm just saying, just like you know, but we do the same thing as well too. It's like drilling off of Nigeria. I mean, the big boys come in and they drill, and I think Nigeria folks are not paid uh, as much as they should be. Yes, I actually remember. I think it was a a deputy oil minister from Nigeria speaking at the uh, at the metals conference in uh, Saudi Arabia this uh, January. Um, he he said that when uh, when he was a, a child, when he was little. He uh, remembered was it Chevron or Exxon? I, I can't remember. One of the super majors came to uh, make huge investments in Nigerian oil, but it only invested in oil production. Uh, it never invested in local communities. It never built uh, schools and uh, this sort of thing. And this is where the Chinese are. Uh, far ahead from the West, because when they go to Ch- to uh, the Congo or to another African country, they build roads. They help with infrastructure. Why isn't of that- course, this is to their own benefit because you want to mine the the cobalt or right. the copper or whatever, and then you want to have secure infrastructure to transport it. See, that's smart. I mean, as far as smart, they're investing in everything. They're investing in the whole supply chain, which Western companies apparently have not been doing. So African countries are now changing their legislations and uh, Saudi Arabia, too, is changing its mining law, changing uh, to, you know, to make investors not just come and start mining, Right. But also commit to um, things like community development, infrastructure development. That, that is what it needs to happen. Why do yeah. we not hear that in the news over here? I mean, all we hear is it's bad. and But we don't hear that we're doing just the same thing. That's really pathetic. Because the West likes to think uh, they're the good guys. There are no good guys. No. Uh, In geopolitics, there are no good guys. Everybody looks after their own interests, which is as it should be. Well, but, it's, kind of, uh, it's kind of like our last podcast you and I put out. We got flagged by the UN. <laughs> Wasn't that funny? I mean, it was kind of like warning. <laughs> you know, the, the, the UN says this, and I'm like, Come on, folks. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. And, and we even say we use renewable when the market says it, but they don't care. They listen to the transcript and go, you know, Google does that. And then they throw the UN in there. Anyway, I may get thrown off the platform one of these days, but oh, well, I, I guess that's, that's why because we live in, in a democracy and nobody censors anybody, you know. That's why you might get thrown off the platform. <laughs> you see, my listeners love you when you have your sarcasm and your good sense of humor and everything else. I just love the way you phrase these things. So now, cool. tell us about uh, Armando and uh, David. How is that going for you? Are you having fun? You look like you guys are just having We are having so much fun and it's, it's obscene, really. It's very, very... Uh, impolite because we're discussing very serious problems 
But uh, I think because most of these problems were caused by either stupidity or some hidden agenda, but as I've said before, I, I try to steer clear of any suggestion of conspiracy theories. I like evidence, I like proof. And for now, the only proof I see is of utter stupidity and incompetence and ignorance. <laughs> and, and I'm putting it mildly. I mean, I have a foul mouth when I need to, but uh, because of your listeners, I'm trying to be civil. Really, uh, right now, all the um, renewable energy, uh, you know, front runners, such as Germany, such as the UK, they are literally reaping the fruit of their labor in this direction. And this fruit is rotten. Right. This fruit is higher energy bills for their own people. In the UK, I don't know if you've heard, it was carried by uh, major news media. Thousands of people are now refusing to pay their electricity bills because these bills are getting too high. And in the meantime, guess what? There's a drought, apparently, in Britain. Can you imagine that? I mean, it's a rainy country, but okay, climate change, extreme weather. And people are now being advised by their water utilities to switch from taking showers to, you know, bathing themselves with wet towels to save on water. Yes, they're, uh, they're banning the use of hose pipes to water their gardens because there's not enough water. So um, they can't eat when they do their, their gardens. But, you know, wind farms take away from the moisture in the air. If they're sitting out there and coming inland and that moisture is no longer there, I believe. How dare you? Did you just <laughs> accuse wind turbines of possibly having something to do with the drought in Britain? Isn't that just, uh, I believe. I don't know. I, yeah, yeah, they, they do. They do affect weather patterns. I, I wrote about it. Uh, and a, a lot of people actually apparently have studied this. Right. But it's not being widely publicized, obviously, because it's, it's not politically correct. So, so I don't know if we can attribute any of this to to the number of wind turbines in Britain, but uh, it seems like nature doesn't like Europe very much right now because Europe is also hit by droughts. And I'm sure this will be attributed to climate change because everything these days is being attributed to climate change and everything is extreme weather, even if it's heat during July. Right. So, yeah. The only thing that is really keeping in the U.S. the renewables alive is printing money and then the tax incentives. And then our tax incentives for electric vehicles in this new bill. It's the average American can't afford a electric vehicle. There's not enough charging stations and we're we're being looked down on. And we're also being told that if we don't just jump into the EV, how can people afford it? How is the EV in Bulgaria? The electronic media. Uh, well, uh, I was over the past uh, couple of years, say, uh, I have been seeing uh, a growing number of EVs in Sofia. Uh, there was even a, a Tesla Model S, a very cute one, uh, in our neighborhood. But uh, there aren't a lot of charging stations, and most people in Sofia live in uh, apartment buildings. They don't live in their own houses where they can charge. Uh, 
here in uh, the nearest city to our village, um, there's a, there's a charging station at uh, at a supermarket, one of the big uh, big German uh, chains. There is always an EV there. <laughs> I have never seen it empty, and it's the only charge I've seen in the city. So. Um, you know, maybe in Sofia there are a few more charges. There's even a new uh, office building with several charges, which are normally empty. Right. Uh, but uh, it's it's slow. Uh, it's it's also slow. Uh, I see in the US because it's a it's a tricky thing. You have to locate them properly, and you have to make sure they will be turning in a profit. That's the key issue. And because people who, um, you know, whose business it is to develop charging infrastructure right. are holding back because they're not sure these charges will make a profit. It's really a very nice, very pretty, uh, neat, uh, little vicious circle. Charger developers don't want to risk their money and people don't want to risk their money buying an EV if they have nowhere to charge it. So, yeah. Well, and Good luck with that. In in the chargers, uh, I believe I heard this that a charger takes up the same amount of electricity as five air conditioners. So I didn't know this. Oh, in California, they're saying don't charge your car when you're running your air conditioner. So on a hot day, you got to sweat, be miserable to charge your car. Well, oh, that's charming. <laughs> <laughs> Charming. No, really, really. It's. Uh, it's do you remember that uh, thread I did on Friday on EVs on Substack? Yes. It got the most massive response I have ever seen to my threads. You know, so many people commented, and they were all EV haters. I mean, just, <laughs> just, just two, two people, or possibly three, of all the dozen, the dozens that commented on that thread were pro-EV and they were pro-EV with conditions. It's fine for a second car. You know, right. I use my EV in the city, but for longer drives, I use my internal combustion engine vehicle. It's really disheartening. I expected more from EV fans, but apparently EV fans do not read my Substack, which makes sense. But yeah. I'll tell you, um, we're going to make sure that your Substack uh, information is in the show notes. And I'm going to just recommend your stuff. As always, you know, I'm one of your biggest cheerleaders and fans out here. You know, Thank you for this. That's, that's really uh, great. We've got about two minutes left. Irina, give us your thoughts for today. It can be anything that you think of. Thoughts for the day? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, take care of your health. Make sure your health healthy the climate will take care of itself that's that's a great <laughs> that's all i could come with that's that is absolutely fantastic and i i really appreciate your industry thought leadership and everything that you're doing with armando and david blackman i i really respect all of those things so thank you very much thank and you. have a great week you too it's been great chatting to you as always This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.